You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome back for another Journey into Mystery, Episode 7. We're talking about Iron Man 3. This is the first movie, in in Phase 2. We did it. We, <laughs> we made it out of Phase 1, y'all. We did it. We did it. Like, honestly, did you know, like, did you, did you suspect that there was going to be a such thing as phases at this point? Like, or before this point? No. Yeah, neither did I. Like I, I was just thinking we're making movies and we're, we're, you know, we're just, they're just going in a certain order, but you know, Avengers, Avengers 2012 ends and they're like, okay, that's the end of phase one. I was like, Ooh, what does that mean? <laughs> so when you say phase one, does that mean that we're just going to continue to get like five or six movies and then an Avengers movie? <laughs> I mean, that's that what that means. <laughs> yeah iron man 2 or i mean i'm sorry iron man 3 uh comes out in 2013 uh i don't uh, you know what funny thing about funny side story about this movie it is the last movie i did for movies with mitch really yep it was the last wow. one uh, i had started a movie huh i said this is a special movie then it's a little bit of a special movie. It was my, so it was like I, I had started a new job in December of 2012 and I was doing uh, the movies with Mitch stuff on the weekend back at the TV station. And like, it just became more of a hassle just to go there one day a week. And at that point they were still paying me, but then they got to May and they were like, yeah, you know, we want you to come in and do this segment still, but we're not going to be able to pay you to come in. And I was like, it was like gas money to to come in and stuff so because it was three hours it's like three to four hours of work for the whole week and i mean I, I guess i get it on their part it's kind of a hassle just to pay me that little bit but it's also a hassle for me to come in so i was just like you know what that's fine it's i don't need to keep doing this anymore yeah hey we like what you do but not <laughs> enough to pay you yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's essentially what it was it's it's like i i, I i'll without like stroking my own ego too much it was one of the more popular segments of the uh, at that tv station so absolutely i remember because i didn't know you at the time but i remember really enjoying movies with mitch when it would happen <laughs> i was like oh, he was, it's like what's this guy gotta talk about he talks about movies i want to see anyway so <laughs> do i like this movie tell me tv mitch <laughs> so yeah that's it was the last one if you still if you if anybody would like to go watch it you find my my youtube channel and you look up movies with mitch and you you can find my review of my original review of iron man 3 um so but pause it right here <laughs> go watch his review of iron man 3 come back and listen to the podcast to see if it matches up to see if it's if still it the, if it's still the same i bet you it's yeah. not because <laughs> <laughs> my opinion changed on it also like every movie we've watched so far watching it through this lens my mm -hmm. opinion on it has changed at least a little bit that's interesting that's it's very interesting which, which do you think you have one that's so far that's been the most drastic change um iron man 2 oh, okay yeah i was gonna say the same like i still think it's the worst one out of the all all of them but like I appreciate some of the smaller things that I noticed this time around. Yeah. I, I like the potential it opens up for the future. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's the biggest thing that, that changed for me in Iron Man two was, oh, okay. I mean, you killed your villain, but uh, you gave us another one. So <laughs> I guess like for lack of a better term, just hydra your villains. If you kill one, give us two more. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, with this movie, this is Iron Man 3, John Favreau does not return as the director of, since he was the director of the first two Iron Man movies. Um, he is still the executive producer, and he's the executive producer of all 
MCU movies, I believe, that have to do with Iron Man. So if they do Avengers movies and stuff like that, like he's obviously detrimental in in creating the MCU as we know it. Uh, but he does return as Happy Hogan. So I, I you know, still happy about that. I'm happy he came back as Happy Hogan, but I'm sad that they did my boy dirty in this movie. <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't know. They give him a little bit more action to do. Maybe not as much as he did at the end of Iron Man 2 when he's fighting with or alongside Black Widow. But like he's doing a little investigating. He's watching that. He's watching uh, Eric Seven as he is giving that drug to that other soldier guy. Yeah, I just don't like that. He spent the entire movie more or less in a coma with Downton Abbey playing. And I'm I'm sure that's more of a we need or he John Favreau himself needs to be working on his own movies so like yeah not yeah not having to film all the time is is better for him and uh, bringing up that he's not the director of this one um, could you see a difference could you feel a difference in the movie so yes I was gonna I was I want to bring that up because the director of this movie is Shane Black and if you know Shane Black's work. This is definitely a more tamed down version of his work. If you watch other stuff of his, like uh, uh, he wrote Lethal Weapon. I, yeah, he wrote Lethal Weapon. He wrote and directed the latest Predator movie, The Predator. Um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, nice guys. Like this came after Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and which makes sense because that was kind of the resurgence of uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s career too before he got the Iron Man job. So. Uh, you can see that in this movie, he really strips down Tony Stark's character because he, he, how much of this movie is, is he spent outside of the suit and having to figure things out without, you know, wearing the suit or beat the bad guy. You know what I mean? And I, I, I love that about this movie mm-hmm. is that it proves that Tony doesn't need the suit like he does, but he's, still capable outside of it and i i enjoyed that yeah they definitely like they they lean into the quote-unquote mechanic character that uh at one point in time in the in the comic books tony went by the mechanic when he's trying to hide out he went by the mechanic where he worked as a, a mechanic and, and but did iron man stuff you know in clandestine if you want to say um but they definitely like leaned into that with the the kid and you know being able to fix things and work on things and then makes that proto iron man gear so to speak when he goes to home depot and just grabs a bunch of random stuff yeah which by the way it the i think this is the first time we ever see tony just straight up murder people this is true like i i didn't even think about that but you're right there's multiple times when he just picks up a gun and shoots people yeah and granted he's pissed off that the happy's in a coma yeah and that like people are directly coming after him Mm -hmm. and all this stuff but like yo (laughs) (laughs) um i would definitely say that that's influence that's shane black's influence too in the movie yeah i'm here for it Uh uh-huh i'm all the way here for it um it's something that I didn't put together until watching it this time around. I actually just watched it a little bit earlier today because I forgot that we were recording today. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> no worries. I watched it earlier today, too, but I just because so it was fresh in my mind. Because you're better than I am. Anyway. <laughs> um, but we've seen him go through all this stuff where people are trying to murder him and like trying to get at people he loves and trying to take what he loves away from him. And he's always done it aggressively when he fights people. Like he doesn't fight them like on the back foot. He's like, no, no, I'm just going to put you down and then I'm going to turn you into whoever you need to get turned into. But no, this time he's just like, no, you you don't get to walk away. Um, I have this cool heat glove that I made into an electric glove. I'm just going to fry your brain. Yeah, he literally, that dude is dead after getting electrocuted in the brain. Yes. In what world does that guy get up? Let me know. Tweet at me. If you're a doctor, let's talk. I mean, if he's not dead, he's a vegetable. (laughs) The dude's dude's life is never going to be the same. No. 
No. Oh. And then there what about the the Christmas ball like ornament yeah. ball? Like, like little ceramic like he just made little ceramic grenades. Yeah. <laughs> like they're supposed to like be like flash bombs or whatever like that. No, they're still going to spray ceramic bits everywhere. Yeah, especially who knows how fast. If you've ever like handled one of those Christmas ornaments, if you drop it like more than a foot off the ground, it shatters. So yeah. if it was able to roll across the, that brick, that means it's made from a much tougher material, which then ended up in that dude's face. Even if it's plastic, that's still going to mess you up. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. So then I can sum this part of the movie up as I'm excited that tony went dark for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> uh the w- one thing i do wanted to want to address and it's definitely a shane black line it has to have been i mean i can't i can't say that for certain but it has to have been because if you watch uh the predator i don't know if you did you get a chance to watch the predator i haven't seen the new one okay so there it came out there's there's definitely lines in the movie that scream Shane Black where like he's he he has the character say things that are wildly inappropriate and then he holds on it so that you he can so that he himself in the theater watching the movie can laugh because he thinks it's hilarious. He thinks he's the most funny person <laughs> by just saying the, the most fucked up shit because uh, he wrote really the original funny. Predator movie, too. That's and funny. <laughs> But everybody else is kind of just cringing away from it. Uh, it's especially in the recent Predator movie. There's a whole scene where Olivia Munn's character is going on about like, like I'm in a room with a bunch of dudes that I don't. I'm in a hotel room with a bunch of dudes that I don't know. Like one of you probably raped me, kind of thing. And and the rest of them are like, we didn't rape you, but we could have, and we really want to because we're prisoners and stuff like that. And it's just like, what is the scene about? So, with all that being said, yeah. uh, you have the line where Tony is talking to this young child, and the kid just tells him about how his dad left six years ago, and he oh, goes, yeah. yeah, and he says, don't be a pussy about it, or something like that, or you don't have to be a pussy, and it's just like, ew, like, it's just a bad line, and it's so sexist and misogynistic, and it's just gross, and, and then... Point in Tony's character... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It really doesn't. If that but was you, Iron Man one, Tony, I could. Yeah. I, it'd be different. Yeah. And and All you right, can no tell that Robert Downey Jr. kind of. It feels like he he speeds through that line just so that he can get it over with. Like yeah, almost like. And I'm getting. I'm giving Robert Downey Jr. a whole lot of credit in that scene. Like he seems like he speeds through it because he's like, yeah, this is not a good line to say here, but I'm going to say it because it's on the script and I'm I'm a quote-unquote professional kind of thing. Yeah, okay. So, side note about like headlining actors, right? At what point do you think you have the clout if you come up on a line like that where you just go, "No." <laughs> I'm sure at this point Robert Downey Jr. is at that point. He could just say no, but just like, I'm, we're we're reworking that line. It yeah, can be what it, it can be shitty. It can be snarky. It can be everything that you're trying to get across in this line. But I'm not saying that. Like, yeah, like you you just want it to be crude. You could have just said wuss. Like don't be a wuss about it. Like kind of thing. Yeah. You don't need to be. Yeah. Or like like dads leave. It's fine. They're assholes. Like, yeah. Exactly. There's a bunch of ways around it, and I feel like it just goes back eight years on on Tony's (laughs) character. (laughs) So that's like the the I I felt like I needed to address that line talking about this movie. But other than that, I mean, I'm sure there's other stuff that I'm just uh, unconscious to uh, in the movie that doesn't sit well with other people. But that line just made me cringe. Other than, yeah, other than that, um, I do have to say that I like the way that this movie is is shot, and it's also very much it's it's a different type of pacing, so to speak, from the other Iron Man movies. Because, like as as we said, it's Shane Black as the director. Yes, and I like what they did with the other suits in this one. 
Mm, yes. Because every time we see Iron Man, he has a new suit. Yes. So it's like, what happened to the backlog? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they finally address it. And they addressed it in a really cool way. Like, visually, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think that I think that Shane Black directing this one was a good kind of breath of fresh air between the other two Iron Mans. Not to say that John Favreau has done anything wrong with the first two Iron Mans. Um, it was just a, a nice change. It came right after Avengers. It came right after the New York incident. Like the, the battle for New York, whatever you want to call it. Um, they did a really good job capturing his anxiety now, like his newfound anxiety and PTSD. I did love that. I love that aspect of the story, him having this PTSD. I mean, he did go into another dimension portal to another part of the galaxy, you know, kind of thing where he was cut off and then fell down through the port. Like he literally, if it wasn't for the Hulk scream at him, he probably died. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's, I, I'm sure I've said it a million times on this podcast already. That's what I've been wanting. Yeah. I've I've been wanting that real like that that realism to it of like no no you just had an the traumatic experience <laughs> <laughs> like you're not gonna get up and brush yourself off and go I'm Iron Man like at least not yet in your Iron Man career no and and but you know what that's also I that's also like where we're at in comic books right now too like the effects of what these people put themselves through on a daily basis to be a quote unquote hero would take its toll, right? It has to. Oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. we're finally seeing that happen to Tony. Like the first movie is, is very much an origin story. The second movie is like, Oh, well, what do I do with all this power that I have? And now it's, it's, well, I did this thing and I am suffering for it. Like I, there are, I have major issues because I did this thing. And I love the fact that, you know, in, in normal, like, anxiety attacks, we see people breathing in and out of a bag, right? Like, that's the, the common visual, I'm having a panic attack uh, look. Tony doesn't do that. He jumps into a suit. Like, it's almost the same thing. It's confining himself to the point where he can, he, like, he's, he's, he can ground himself. But it's inside of one of his suits. Like, he puts himself in a spot where he has complete control. Yeah. Yeah. And I like when like they first show it because they're in the restaurant. It's him and Rhodey. And the kid comes up for his autograph <laughs> and drew the picture of Tony carrying the new cup through the wormhole. Yep. And he's like, what the <laughs> hell? And he starts spiraling. He runs and jumps in the suit and he's like, Jarvis, what's going on? Yeah, because he's like, am I having a heart attack? Is there something wrong with my brain chemistry? And Jarvis is like, nope, all of that seems fine. You're just having a panic attack. <laughs> yep. And for like as dry as Jarvis is, it was a kind of a caring moment from an AI where he's like, you're okay. Yeah. Like, this is what's happening. <laughs> and I can't do anything to fix it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to breathe. Mm -hmm. uh, I... I love that too. Like when you, they look back after he runs away, you look back at that, uh, that drawing and he's like subconsciously wrote on there, like help me. Like uh -huh. <laughs> he's just like, he, he knows that his subconscious knows that he's suffering. And then I love the, the, even though it's in his head, like the kid, the little kid pulling him close and saying, how did you survive that wormhole? Like, yeah. you know, you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's good. Um, one thing you said that this movie was from uh, 2013 and when I turned the movie on this morning, I instantly felt the 2013 vibe just from the tech that's shown in the movie alone. Oh, no kidding. Just like from the phones, the computers, like everything that's shown in the movie. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Look, that guy, that guy has a, has a razor phone right there. <laughs> you know what i mean like that's that's everything was so like a moment in cell phones <laughs> at least it's not like uh you know it's not like the first one where you where you had uh his phone that turned into a t <laughs> that turned into a tv a t like oh, you remember, yeah he's talking to um Obadiah and it, it flips out and turns into like a capital T. 
Oh yeah, and that's the that's the video phone is like yeah weird yeah I forgot about so that. terrible. <laughs> See, I I would have been cool with that if they kept that kind of like tech look for Tony's stuff, and just like kept it going. But then again, they also got into like projected holograms and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's much better. <laughs> so let's. I want to talk about his um suit that he's working on in this uh movie. This the particular suit that he's been working that he that he's shown over and over it um it's like his his mach 2 is like supposed to be a new brand new thing because it flies from wherever it is to attach to him but in in pieces like we saw an iron man it or i'm sorry in avengers like it flies to him because of those bracelets but it it flew to him all in one piece and then opens up and then puts him in and that happens a lot in the in the the final set piece of this movie right but i don't know why this is so special like this this version of it like it doesn't seem all that great and it keeps falling apart obviously yeah is it because it does it in pieces which so that like maybe if he's going somewhere he can just bring a gauntlet i guess maybe i mean that that's a possibility it just seems like when that happens like more often than not like it even looks like it hurts when it's uh like hitting him it looks like it's hurt it looks like it hurts and the first time he even reacts to it because it like he racks himself with it pretty hard yeah <laughs> even though he's like uh make him go slower Jarvis. like please <laughs> yeah um yeah uh steven and i were talking about it earlier because uh, he was watching it with me. He watched most of it with me. Uh, it's just smarter to do it in one piece. Yeah, it just seems like it is. It's a hypothetical situation here, Tony Stark. You're one town over, whatever. You're not too far away from your suit. You're like, ka-chow, and you need your suit. What happens if, like, the chest piece hits a bird and Ooh. loses its ability to fly? And you just like lose out on your chest piece, and then you have all of a suit minus the protective bit. <laughs> I mean, it's just like what happens in the movie, right? When he's sitting there waiting for it, it's all trapped inside the 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 garage at, at Harley's house, mm-hmm. and only the hand piece and one foot piece show up. Which he made it work. That was a great scene when he fought all the dudes with like not even a full suit. Yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah, it, it works. This is the darkest that we've gotten in the MCU so far. Interesting. Okay. Except, elaborate on that. Um, the, the, the world state in 2013, right? Mm-hmm. They decided to give us a Mandarin movie. It's true. Like, that's the peak of us being like, oh shit, terrorism. you know what i mean like they give us a mandarin movie they give us a movie where the mandarin executes a dude on tv and not just any dude the dude was like he's the accountant for a big oil company that's what it was was an oil yeah like because that he's he's the accountant for the oil company that they end up on the oil rig of at the end because he's like you're you're all gonna get justice for leaking all this oil into the into the ocean and nobody saw their day in court like cool man i I dig your platform let's talk about it but which is it's it's which is it it's not actually that because we know that the whole mandarin part of the storyline is all a ruse right like killian Killian uses the explosions as a way to cover up the fact that his experiments aren't working i'm guessing the oil rig was more of a like he needed to buy that that oil rig or something or the rocks on he needed rocks on to lose money or something like there was something to it but that angle of it is so dark and so like fear mongery mm-hmm. and i kind of loved it <laughs> um i loved what they did with like the first time through i was like how are you gonna play me like this and tell me we're gonna get a man like the mandarin and then you're like, oh, nope, it's an actor. Ha ha. He's just a drug addict in his English. Ha ha. Like, first time I was like, screw that. That's stupid. Looking at, looking at it this time, that's genius. Yeah. I think it's hysterical. 
Because the guy, like, uh, whatever is Trevor, whatever the character's Trevor's name. Slightly. Yeah, he's like, yeah, no, they're just like, hey, you want more drugs? <laughs> want plastic surgery? You want a boat? And he's like, yes. Yeah, I want all these things. Thank you. <laughs> I just play a role. It's all green screen and, and stagecraft. Yeah. They don't give me a gun because they don't trust me with one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and when you when you first hear that Sir Ben Kingsley is going to be playing the villain in this movie, like before you watch it, you're like, wow, this is pretty awesome. And of of course, you know, you come there there's the controversy of, you know, you have a character named the Mandarin, and you know, it can in the original depiction of this character in the comic books is very, very like stereotypical racist, like depiction of, of someone of that that character but then now you don't you have a guy playing the role that's not of asian descent let alone chinese descent and he's gonna be calling himself the mandarin but then that all gets played off like it's all like well it's never it was all just for show anyways like he's he's uh he's a he's a he's the big head at the at the wizard of oz he's 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 the, it's a farce he's he's the misdirect yeah he's the misdirect so it plays out well. And there's been rumors that the Mandarin is out there. So there, it's not rumors. That is what the the antagonist of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is going to be. He's the bad guy in that movie. Okay. Then I think it's great, especially if they do something where it's like, you're not the guy. And he's like, I'm the guy. They just decided to use my name. Yeah, so the, like if you watched, I think it was Thor: The Dark World. There was the on the DVD or the Blu-ray for that. There was the short uh, for that where they had Trevor Slatley in prison, and uh, he's being interviewed by somebody, and they're like, "Well, you weren't you the? Aren't you actually the Mandarin?" And he's like, "No, I'm not the Mandarin. Like, I'm a actor. I was in this one show, Miami Heat, for a little while, or whatever it was called, and then." Uh, as after that he he gets broken out of prison so it kind of leaves it up like was he actually the mandarin and he forgot or does the actual mandarin just pissed off at him kind of thing and uh i think what you're going to find out in shang chi is that uh they're going to be like well who was this other guy and what what about aldrich killian did he just like find out and he's going to be like well he just he knew of the 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 legend of uh, of the mandarin and he decided just to take that and and run with it. I'm cool with that as long as it doesn't become I am the legendary Iron Fist. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get Iron Fist showing up in the. No, MP. like but I'm saying, like the like the Mandarin as a character. As long as it doesn't turn into no, I am the Mandarin. Ah, <laughs> like no, we don't just. Okay, we get it. You're the Mandarin, dude. That's fair. <laughs> I, I hope they don't do that too. But um, bring bring back. Bring back that version of Daredevil, please. Uh, yes, please. Please bring back the Netflix Daredevil. If you want to bring it back on on Disney Plus, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Please, please more of that. Uh, I will sign I'm sure actually, I'm sure people would not like it if it came back on Disney Plus because it would not be as dark as the Netflix version. Yeah. It would have to be on Hulu. It would have to be. Which, I mean, isn't Hulu a Disney property now? It too? is. That's why... Uh, put it on Hulu. Yeah, that's why there's the Hellstrom show that's going to be coming out here pretty soon, uh, which is uh, the Marvel's version of the Son of the Devil. And they have another one, too. I can't remember what it is. But, yeah, the the more adult versions of the characters, uh, you should definitely definitely put that over in on uh, on Hulu. Like, But how are they going to do the, the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show? Like... Cause that's going to get dark. It's got to get dark, right? Like it, it has to. And I hope, okay. I, we're getting kind of off topic here, but <laughs> here's what I'm hoping for Falcon and the winter soldier real fast. Um, don't, don't keep him winter soldier. Okay. Uh, what is it? Is it white wolf? White wolf is the character that they made him adapt in, uh, in the MCU. Yes. He, he was never white wolf in the Marvel comics proper. But just like have him drop the Winter Soldier moniker, make him White Wolf, 
and there I, you go. Because now we now we've left the dark side of Bucky's life. Because now he's he's Bucky again. So I, I and honestly, I think by the end of the series, you'll have both of them be Captain America. Like I think they'll both be taking on the man, the moniker. I don't see why something like Captain America can't be like a core. You can have like a six Captain Americas. Sure, and especially like you you have Sam be the Captain America that's in the face. Like the, the you know, people look up to him and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and then uh, Bucky just has to be the Captain America that kind of does the more spy craft clandestine stuff. Like I'm not saying he has to go out and killing people, but he's he's definitely working in the shadows a little bit more. <laughs> All I think when I think Bucky is, oh boy, here I go killing again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're not wrong. <laughs> but I I think that'd be good. And then a Moon Knight show, which we know they announced, like that has to get dark. Moon Knight is just a dark character that kills people, and he's he's like messed <laughs> up in the head. I need to learn more about Moon Knight. I keep telling myself I'm going to, because all I think are the memes of him yelling at Dracula. <laughs> Dracula better have my money. Exactly, Dracula, you dumb bitch. Where's my money? <laughs> 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 and you know Dracula was on the Avengers. No, he wasn't. I looked it up. <laughs> it's dumb, and I love it. It's I need so- to learn more about Moon Knight. If you're doing, I, I think I said this before. If you're doing a Hero 101 on Moon Knight, let me know. I'll be there for it, just to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it definitely needs to be done. Uh, okay, anyway, so Iron Man Three. <laughs> Iron Man Three. We we. We're jumping on a little bit. What are the main, the new characters that we have uh, jumping in on this one? We have uh, the main bad guy, Aldrich Killian, head head of AIM, uh, played by Guy Pierce, and he gets he gets uh, he gets killed at the end of this movie, so we don't have to worry about him showing up again. But <laughs> yeah, he gets the extremist uh, power, so to speak, and to the point where he kind of mutates almost into a living dragon. Yeah, I think that was a little extreme. Yeah. Like, I can breathe fire now. <laughs> Which I loved his henchman, Eric Savin, like, looks at him the first time uh, Killian breathes fire, like, his henchman looks at him like, dude, how come I don't get to breathe fire? Like, I have the yeah. same powers. Where's my fire breathing? Like, go, you know, kind of thing. It was hilarious. I liked him. Like I liked the henchmen a lot in this movie, um, and I mean like all the, all of them, the, like the named ones anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Eric Savin, the main one. He is he is part of the Marvel comics, and I forget what his name is, but he's like a cyborg antihero in the in the comics. Like <clears throat> I was here for him for that because. I liked the whole like, yeah, I'm gonna do my job, but I'm gonna obnoxiously chew this gum the whole time I do. <laughs> Even to the point where he's recovering from an explosion that he was in, he just throw he, like he half his fa- body is burned up, most of his clothes is gone, and he just throws in another piece of gum. Like, yep, that pocket is fine. I'm still got that gum in that pocket. Yep. Uh, I liked what's her face. Let me see if I can find her name's Brant. Brant, yeah, Ellie Ellen Brant is the in the comic book. She is the wife to somebody, somebody else. Uh, I don't think she has a very big role in the comic books, but yeah, they gave her this character to play here. Um, I liked the addition of all the character, all these quote unquote henchmen were ex military that like lost a limb while serving, so like that was their. That was their initial purpose. Like this, like the extremist thing that uh, Maya has invented here is is good. Like it has good purposes. It's almost like uh, Doctor Connors from Spider Man comics. You know the lizard. It's rebuild limbs that have been missing, and unfortunately, it 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 makes everybody volatile that gets it. See at the end of this one tony fixes it so he says so he says because because he cures pepper of it yeah you're right people who can't see my hands i just made air quotes around it if you couldn't tell by the way i said it um that means he knows how extremis works he does he absolutely does 
why is Rhodey later in the series paralyzed? Why You're... why does why is he wearing an exoskeleton at all times? If they understand how extremis works, if he <laughs> fixed it, they have access to extremis. You're absolutely right, and I don't know why. <laughs> You're making holes in the universe, and it's not fun. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Give me John Favreau on the phone. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be mean about it. I promise. Because I don't think I could be mean to that sweet man. <laughs> <laughs> he's given us so much. Yeah, he's given us amazing things. And I feel bad Star Wars fanning him right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 just a, a, a probably another thing that fell through the cracks. If you if you truly sat down and were able to ask Kevin Feige, I would I would imagine he'd say, even though Tony was able to cure it, it's oh, still yeah. too uh, volatile and uh, and not safe, especially to do on someone he loves and respects so much as Rhodey. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the good answer. That is the safe, good answer. Like it's, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> if, it, um, if it was anybody but Pepper or Rhodey, he'd be like, I, I don't know, let's try it. <laughs> and then get really mad when they tell him no, and then we have another Civil War movie. And then we have another Civil You're absolutely right. That's exactly how that would go down. And you know who would have been able to uh, probably heal uh, Rhodey, but unfortunately he crashed his own car as Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is strange around at that point see that's what i've always wondered in the whole timeline of dr strange because how much time is it that we have no actual like idea of where he is at the beginning of his movie in the mcu timeline so to speak how long does it take him to recover first doing all those first first recover from the accident then try all those experimental surgeries then go to uh tibet and and then learn to be to do the mystic arts it does say that he does it faster than anybody else but i still gotta imagine it takes a while to learn that stuff right so and all the recovery that's we're looking at like easily six years between accident and even remotely being able to use his hand Right. It's got to be. It's got to be. So we have what during uh uh what was it? During Endgame, and I know we're definitely getting off topic now, but during Endgame when the Hulk goes and sees uh the ancient one at at the Sanctum Sanctorum in 2012, he she tells him that you're what 6 years too early and uh also or he's also a couple blocks that way in 6 years too early or something like that. Um, so we know that in 2012, he's still in New York. Doesn't mean that he is actually, uh, well, we know he's not a, he's not a, 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 a fucking wizard yet. A sorcerer. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we just don't know if he's been, he's then had his act, accident yet or not. Um, the other thing is, is that during the Dr. Strange movie, I don't know if, I think it was Eric Derrickson said that in the, the director of Dr. Strange said that when he's on that phone call that he gets in the car accident with, it says a, a military man who, who severed his spine. It's a reference back to Iron Man two when Iron Man, when Tony is w- watching the screen and uh, Justin hammers guy who's inside the suit, like that turns all the way around. Ooh, yeah. It's a, re- it's a reference to helping that soldier. But I don't know if that's true or not. And I know it's part of the redemption, and we'll talk about this in depth when we get to Doctor Strange. But what kind of a douchebag turns down surgeries because it might ruin his record? It's yeah, that kind of douchebag. The, the the exact same. Yeah, that's why. Like you, you think about it. Like Doctor Strange and Iron Man's story is very similar. Like they they follow the almost the exact same formula because they're both douches. Their life gets almost they almost die they get they get turned around and then they become altruistic right yeah just strange is uh not completely react if anything he's overly proactive true you're you're absolutely right yeah and as we stated before iron man is completely reactive even in this movie like mandarin's not an issue for him until uh hogan gets very happy happy gets uh blown up now it's 
oh, well, I'm going to go kill that terrorist. You know, that's, that's, that's a whole bunch of like international laws that you're trying to break down. So many where it's just like, hey, hi, here's my address. Come fight me. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute. First off, now you're not using your brain. Nope. You, well, he's all emotion. Like he has the super smart brain, but he's all emotion. Yeah. Then we get the scene where uh, Maya shows up and she's trying to be like, hey, we need to talk about extremists because haha, the Mandarin is coming for you. And he's blowing her off like, nah, it's not that important. And Pepper's like, no, we got to leave. And Tony's like, no, we don't. Like, we are staying right here. And he's all indignant about it. It's like, dude, if you want to stay, that's fine. You can stay. But you're putting other people in danger. Yeah. If you're (laughs) going to put your address out there, be like, hey, Pepper, why don't you go upstate for a little bit? How about don't go home? (laughs) Or like, hey, Jarvis, uh, I just put our address out there. Uh, How about activate, what is it, house party protocol? Yeah. Or, you know, just, you know, one of the many satellites I own, just keep it trained on our house so that if anybody in, say, a helicopter with massive uh, uh, air-to-air missiles or air-to-surface missiles, like, come near it, we'd know about it. Yeah, and, you know, um, there's the whole satellite out there that's fitted with, like, killbots that fly autonomously that we may (laughs) or may not know about until Spider-Man Homecoming. Who knows how long that's been out there? Yeah, um, it's also true. Or in uh, was it Age of Ultron? You know, he has that suit that's inside of a satellite for specifically to train on uh, the Hulk, the Hulkbuster suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's all this, Tony? Is, is is all of this because you forgot to have a satellite on your house? <laughs> I guess. You know, that's the one thing I, I did. It was also interesting at the end of this movie is that because they he does the clean slate protocol too, right? Which then blows up all his suits. But then the next movie we see him in is Age of Ultron. When we know he has a suit, he goes to fight bad guys in it. And then he has the Hulkbuster suit. And he has, uh, you know, he has, he has, he he's, he's what? Manufacturing slews of uh, drawings, drawings, drawings. Drones, thank you. I'm trying to say droids and drones at the same time, but drones, just like uh, the ones that Whiplash was making in 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 Iron Man Two. It's like he was inspired or something. Almost. <laughs> uh, so where were we at? Where were we at? Killian, yeah, Killian. Um, he's the head of AIM. He creates AIM because Tony. Well, he wanted to create AIM uh, with Tony, but then Tony slighted him. And now he wants his revenge. Once again, Tony creating yet another bad guy in the MCU. Uh, and uh, yeah, that we have no place else to go with Killian because he's gone. His henchmen are all gone. Um, Trevor Slatley is in prison for being the Mandarin, being the face of the Mandarin, so to speak. I guess. I guess that's a. I don't know what kind. What what do you call that? What's what's he being arrested for there? Because he didn't uh, like conspiracy. Sure. Or aiding um, and abetting. Aiding and abetting. Even if. I, I, okay. I. I am not a lawyer, nor do I claim to be a lawyer. But if I was this guy's lawyer, <laughs> I would go off and be like, "Yo, the dude was homeless. He's got something going on. Is he's not right?" And he was and, told that he would be acting. And he was told he'd be acting. He's a down-on-his-luck actor who's addicted to things. <laughs> and he was coerced into it. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he, he's weak-willed at this point in his life and career. So they're just like, yo, you want some drugs in a boat? And who's going to say no to that? At that point? <laughs> of course. But he's still alive. So we oh, could do something murder. with it. Huh? Or murder. Or murder. <laughs> he, shot, he shot the guy. and He did. He he did shoot that guy. You're you're absolutely right. And there's, I mean, you could you could say that he's blitzed out of his mind so bad that he doesn't realize that he actually killed that dude. He thought it was just makeup and squibs, but yeah, he some place in some place in his head he has to know that he killed that dude. Um, he's he could or could not show up in in Phase Four as we st- I stated earlier in the Shang Chi movie. Um. Who else? Oh, the kid. I want to talk about the kid, Harley Keener. So, 
we see him again in the end of Endgame when, at the funeral for Tony. He's grown up quite a bit. And uh, I have an interesting theory about this kid after watching this movie again today. Okay, hit me. So, so Tony like gives him a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, says here, you know, here's, here's brand new equipment and new, newer things. And you can, you can try and be as good as me kind of stuff. Right. He leaves it in the garage for him. This kid definitely in the few days that he knew Tony grew attached to him. He already had no, no father figure in his life. And, and uh, really looks up to Tony Stark in Iron Man. Uh, if if Marvel didn't get the ability to have Spider-Man back into their MCU movies, this kid could have been the protege to Iron Man as opposed to what Tom Holland's Spider-Man ends up becoming, right? Tom Holland's Spider-Man becomes Iron Man's like protege. Like even to the point in Far From Home, he leaves him the glasses. He leaves him the 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 drones, and and he allows him to make a brand new spider suit in the in the jet kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So so because of that, like he becomes a father figure to Peter, but he forgets all about this kid Harley. So Harley has resentment after that after that uh, after the funeral because he didn't get to become the the big hero engineer that he wanted he was going to be but he still has the knowledge he still has all that stuff so if you combined him with another character in the in the marvel comics by the name of abner jenkins who becomes the beetle uh an enemy of um spider-man he has a, a tech suit that you know allows him to fly and and shoot guns and all kinds of stuff and then eventually he becomes a thunderbolt, which become he becomes Mach one, Mach two, Mach all the way up to Mach Mach eight or Mach ten. Uh, but he he in his own right is an is a, a genius that makes a tech suit that allows him to do things that suit that Iron Man can. He's he's not as smart as Iron Man, and his suit isn't as good as Iron Man's. But I could see this being a, a thing. I'm good with that. I thought you were going to say something along along the lines of like change the name and now we have a decent backstory for like a completely text uh, completely tech-based scarlet spider that wouldn't be bad i i mean sure I, i'd be all for that it's i understand it's a little bit of a stretch <laughs> but you give him all this stuff and now he's like cool i'll do it too yeah yeah i mean he could he could be like Spider-Man has my life, so I'm going to take Spider-Man's life. And he makes up his own Scarlet Spider suit and now is is jumping around doing that kind of thing. That would be interesting. It's completely tech-based. He doesn't have to have any powers. Nope. It's I mean, at this point, isn't Spider-Man's suit also kind of all tech-based? And even though he has power, doesn't need him? Like, this, the suit gives him strength? The suit does everything for... Uh, okay, this has always been my problem with Iron Spider. Uh-huh. <laughs> you get rid of what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man at that point. Uh-huh. You're supposed to be enhancing him, but no no, you've made him Iron Man at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that was the what they're trying to showcase in Far From Home because at the beginning of the movie you see him in in his Iron Man Iron Spider suit. Uh and I think by the end of it the suit that he creates is supposed to be a little bit more reliant on his powers and not so much the Iron Man suit powers. Yeah. I just, I don't like Iron Spider. <laughs> Get those dumb legs out of here. <laughs> I mean, at least in the movie, he has four of them, as opposed to the comic book where he only has three, for some reason. Because it's easier to draw three than it is to draw four, Mitch. I guess so. I guess so. Either way, my opinion is now on the internet regarding Iron Spider. Uh, fight me if you would like. Come at him. <laughs> You you can retweet me, but don't at me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, were there any other characters that you wanted to speak of? Will, William Sattler comes in as President Ellis. That was kind of cool. We had the Miguel Ferreira, who is now passed away in real life, uh, as the Vice President Rodriguez. He got involved with Killian because Killian was going to regrow his 
daughter's legs, which you know is understandable, but he did a terrible thing by letting him get away with murder and kidnapping the president. Right. Now, that vice president isn't alive anymore. Like I know that the actor is not. So right. I don't want this to get into any sort of like, wow, that's macabre kind of thing. But that vice president committed treason. Oh, very much so. He, he, uh, what was it? Conspired to have the president killed. So yeah. Yeah. He's either, he's either convicted of the death penalty at that point for significant treason or he's never leaving secret service jail ever again. <laughs> or he's, he's put in some black site in the middle of yeah, the middle he's, east. Something. He's sent to mogul Azkaban. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And once, once again, as you said, stated earlier, a very dark movie in the MCU. Yeah. Like the, like when he's getting arrested, he's not just getting arrested for like, oh, he committed conspiracy. <laughs> no, it's that's significant. Yeah. And the fact that the what is it, the the injunction moved that quick against him to get him taken into custody. First off, I'm surprised. Because <laughs> anything that we've seen given our current political system, that's not how that goes. It doesn't move quick. No, it would be like 10 years from now they arrest that guy. <laughs> the FBI has to do an investigation and then this guy has to talk about it and then this guy has to talk to that guy about it. Either way. I just had to put my I just had to put that out there into the universe because like, wow. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um we also got introduced to uh well, we got reintroduced to to Jensen from the first Iron Man movie. He is Seen at the beginning of this movie, um, talking to Tony at the party that he mentions in the first Iron Man movie. Uh, he's introducing him to another doctor, Dr. Wu, um, uh, who at the end of this movie is performing the heart surgery needed to take the shards of shrapnel out of Tony's heart. So he no longer has to wear the arc reactor uh, for that reason, for the electromag- the electromagnet in his chest. I forgot that he did that in this movie. Yeah. Cause that's what frees him up to do like the nanites. Yep. And every other weird iteration of I could get a suit that way. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he, he no longer needs to to have that particular part of his body doing that. So it frees him up to do other things in, in the suit to, to look other ways, which is pretty awesome. What do you think? Um, where do you think that he goes after that? Like, cause we know his Malibu house is destroyed. We know that he, because Avengers that he has Stark tower in New York, but when we get to homecoming, he's selling off Stark tower or I'm sorry, Avengers tower. Yeah, because it turns into Avengers Tower and then they sell it off because of the Sokovia Accords as like a PR move, it almost feels. Yeah, pretty much. We gotta give the space back to the city. (laughs) Get out of here, Tony. (laughs) Um, They probably have a really nice penthouse somewhere in New York. Okay. So you don't think he's living at the Tower? I don't... Maybe. Um, They might go to Pepper's place. But I mean, yeah, that's a possibility. She still has a place. Like, I understand that his house is in Malibu, but wouldn't it be more realistic if it was in some some like Silicon Valley somewhere? Like, wouldn't his tech business be be in Silicon Valley? Yeah. Now, this is me not knowing my geography very well. But how far is Malibu from Silicon Valley? <laughs> I have no clue either. But I I always assume that Silicon Valley is near. San Francisco, so that's up in Northern California, as opposed to Malibu, which is near LA, which is in Southern California. But let's see. Okay, what's Google say? Yeah, Google says, oh, it's a it's a five, almost six hour drive. Yeah, so that's not it's not a fast thing unless you're Iron Man in your Iron Man suit. I mean, that commute is available to him, <laughs> but not to Pepper, who was running the company and living at that house. True. <laughs> so that means that they're. I could see a commute to LA. Yeah. 
or like that's, somewhere in the greater LA area. Yeah, which is a possibility. That's where the company is too. I'm sure that's where it was in the first Iron Man movie. But I'm just saying, wouldn't it make more sense if it was in like Silicon Valley? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then we'd have him involved with all the weird Silicon Valley business owners cults. <laughs> maybe this is the point where he goes and uh starts to work at that uh, like remodel or re uh what's the word other than remodel uh refurbishment renovate revent renovate the uh stark compound in upstate new york that becomes avengers compound that could be a thing that's probably what what's going on because yeah, do you think that at a certain point he just lives there at the compound? Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say that's probably... it's Well, I mean, he probably has multiple places and he just moves around wherever he needs to be. Yeah. I mean, that's the fun of being this fictional billionaire, right? You can, you can have as much money as you need it to be. Yeah. And, like, I know that Cap eventually ends up living, like, at the Avengers compound. But that's different because it's Cap and he doesn't really need to have a house and he like he has an apartment. We yeah, see we, that we see War. that in Winter Soldier, yeah. It is Winter Soldier. Yeah. But how much time does he actually spend there? True. It's going to be interesting. I feel like this has devolved into wild conjecture about <laughs> everything. Uh, is there any other parts of this movie that you feel are going to be interesting for the coming up phases phase four phase five and so on um honestly i don't think so i think this one's pretty open and shut um aside from any sort of whatever it could mean for the mandarin okay but i think that's the only thing i don't think we're going to get anything else from aim see and i think i feel like that's a that's that's a disservice. Like I Amy do. is a is a major, not a major, but a big part of the M, the Marvel comics. So you should be able to use them more. But I understand with with Killian being gone that they they don't. Which I think what Aim is where Modok is. So if we can finally get a Modok, maybe we get Aim back. Killian's not even the brain behind it. He's not even that smart. He's <laughs> just he he's the he's the face. Which not to disservice him at all but if you're going to try to make him a face you need to cast a, a more handsome gentleman um, <laughs> you don't think Guy Pierce is a handsome gentleman I'm saying that if you're doing it for sheer charisma and uh, look okay. that there's that you, you could have went another face <laughs> now I feel mean because <laughs> it's, it's not at all a dig <laughs> um but you could run that angle with it where like he had an idea somehow Modoc gets involved and he's like, now I'm the brain. Ah. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would love to see that. I would love to see, uh, aim re resurge with Modoc as its leader and as a new, um, villain for, uh, one of the MCU characters at this point. So that would, that would be pretty cool. I'd be really down. I I hope that if they do aim, it doesn't replace like it doesn't like replace the Thunderbolts. Oh no, it better not. <laughs> I you need know that. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get Where what you're saying. Like we have we seize control of this company. Ha ha. We have aim now, and we have access to these villains, and they're gonna work for us. No, 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 no. They are different entities. All to give us. If you're gonna give us the Thunderbolts, give us Thunderbolts, especially because we have Thunderbolt Ross. There you. go. He doesn't seem like a dude who didn't who wouldn't put his name on something. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. He calls himself Thunderbolt Ross. Come on. <laughs> okay, if your name was Thunderbolt Ross, like if you called yourself Thunderbolt Ross, you'd put your name on stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> don't, don't you lie to me, Mitch. Both <laughs> of course. I mean, I have my own podcast. I call it Hey Mitch. Of course I'm gonna put my name on things. <laughs> okay. Do an episode of Hey Mitch one of these days, but it's gonna be called Hey Not Mitch. <laughs> you're gonna sub sub uh sub post for me i'll do it and i'll just talk about i don't know uh, we'll talk about something that mitch would never talk about <laughs> anime you can go on there and talk about anime i'll talk about the stock market today oh i wouldn't talk about that either <laughs> anyway 
All right, Ian, where can people find you online? If you want to hear me ramble and not talk about one subject that we sat down to talk about and talk about everything around that subject, you can come find me over at Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ianflux. I'm streaming almost every day right now. Uh, it's going to change in the near future, but we'll talk about that when we get there. If you want to find me on Twitter, please come find me on Twitter. We have a lot of fun over there. Uh, twitch.tv. Or twitch.tv. Hi, I already gave that to you. Uh, you can find me at Ianflux12. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm also at Mitchipedia, G-E-M, G-E-M, stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. Please rate and review this podcast on whatever podcast catcher that you use so that it can help spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Journey into Mystery on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. geek out. This concludes our broadcast.